Retaining personal trainers is a lot less expensive and a lot less energy than constantly recruiting for personal trainers. So take the time to find them and then give them your time and your energy to make sure that you retain them. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online courses, many of them accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, with up to a massive 30% savings for members of Australian Fitness Network. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face learning, be sure to register for Filex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar at filex.com.au. Kate Allett, head of Fitness for Anytime Fitness Australia, oversees the recruitment of hundreds of PTs nationwide. Here she chats with the fitness industry podcast's Oliver Kitchingman about casting a narrow net when recruiting trainers, setting role expectations with new team members, measuring metrics, and stemming PT attrition rates. Welcome to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, Kate, first off, can you just tell us a bit about your background and also your main role in the fitness industry today? Yeah, sure. So my background in fitness, actually, a Kiwi, and I started with Les Mills in Christchurch as a group fitness instructor. Well, if you're a Kiwi, then you must start with Les Mills, mustn't you? <laughs> it's the only gym, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a really great upbringing for me. They have a great structure in terms of educating and raising their instructors the right way. Mm-hmm. So I was there for a couple of years and then decided to become a personal trainer and then moved to Sydney and came on board with Fitness First where I became a personal training manager. And that was a really amazing time for me. I learned a lot. I grew a lot on that role. I looked after about 25 trainers there and I really got to know what trainers needed, what kind of support they needed to be successful in the club. From there, I became really, really interested in personal trainer education and I wanted to do it on a much bigger scale. So I was really fortunate then to take a role with Anytime Fitness Australia as their national fitness coordinator and started to build trainer education and facilitate a lot of workshops there. And over the last three years I've been with them, I've grown to the head of fitness role where I get to work a lot more with just the strategy and the scale across all of the clubs and what the personal trainers really need. Okay, interesting. So in the um, the coordinator role and you're coordinating education for trainers, is that in-house education or is it finding courses and things for the trainers to do, getting people to come in to deliver training to your trainers? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of both. So we go state to state when we're able to and try and run a lot of face-to-face education with our trainers because I think nothing beats face-to-face education. And we all know that personal trainers really enjoy the practical elements of training. They don't always want to be just listening and writing things down and reading things, right? But in this day and age when people are really busy and on the scale that we're really fortunate to have with any time, having a lot of online education is really important as well. So we build a lot of content that they're able to just try and tune in with when they're when they're able to, when they have the time, and still just be upskilling themselves over their journey of being a personal trainer. Okay. I mean, as head of fitness for any time, a large part of your role must be focused on populating the business with the absolute best staff. So what does this entail? Big job. 
Yeah, it is a big job and it, it is a fun one. We have a great network of personal trainers with Anytime. We have 503 clubs now. So we look at on average about 1,500 personal trainers at any one time, which is really exciting for us. For me, it means our brand really is helping and coaching a lot of members, which is cool. The recruitment of personal trainers is an interesting one, right? And it's always an ongoing challenge, I think, for any brand within the industry. And I think a lot of that is because personal trainers, once they're certified, they need a lot of support, they need a lot of structure, and they need a lot of education. And it's really important that the gyms that they come on board to give them that. And sometimes the gyms have that kind of structure and sometimes they don't. So a large part of my role is trying to educate our owner operators and management within our brand what that structure needs to look like. So when the personal trainers come on board, they have the best chance of success. The other part of my role is ensuring that any time is an employer of choice for personal trainers. So trying to share the benefits to the network of, you know, newly certified or qualified personal trainers that are out there to say, this is what any time can offer you and this is why you should come on board with us. Okay, so I mean, when you're recruiting for trainers, is there a way of in the language that you use and what you're looking for for trainers to sort of narrow the pool down to ensure that you've got you know, that the guys are really going to be a great fit for any time? So each of clubs is a franchise and owned by a franchisee. So I guess the biggest part of my role is educating the franchisees to be able to really specify what they're looking for because. I think the most important thing when you put a recruitment ad out is to specify that, right? Don't cast the net too wide and be too broad because then what you get back isn't going to be what you want. So I need to educate the franchisees to say what exactly maybe is the gap in your club if you don't have a personal trainer? What type of personal trainer are you looking for first and foremost? Is it perhaps a newly qualified personal trainer that's really eager to learn and is really going to be on brand and grow with your club? Or perhaps it is a experienced personal trainer because you just need to get somebody come in and kind of hit the ground running and be able to take on potentially a lot of members that you have that are looking for personal trainers and, and there hasn't been one there for them to engage with and be coached by. So just really clarifying exactly what they need and then specifying that in the recruitment ad so that when they start fishing for those potential personal trainers, the bites that they're getting are more aligned with what they're looking for. Another thing that we spend a lot of time on is looking at the culture within your club. So staffing culture in the way that your club runs and the energy that it has is really important first and foremost for our members because that's why we retain them. But it's really important then to specify that when you're looking or definitely have that in mind when you're looking to recruit personal trainers because that is what you should recruit on. It's not necessarily the skill set. It's going to be the culture fit for your club. So when you're interviewing them, make sure that's what you're looking for. Make sure you're putting them in an environment where you're going to see that side of their personality come out. And then if they're a great fit for that culture – bring them on board, even if they don't have the skill set that you maybe want them to have, because you can teach that, right? But you just can't teach culture fit. How would you define the anytime culture in terms of personal trainers? That is an interesting question. So with so many clubs in the scale that we have, the culture is going to change. But anytime as a brand, our culture really is anyone, any goal, any time. We want to make sure that our gym is inviting for anybody that is ready 
to make a change in their life, make a healthy choice and come on board with us and we can support them through that. So we want our clubs to be really non-confronting when they come in, really welcoming where somebody can, when they make the change, they make the choice, they're motivated to make a change in their life and they come into the club. Often the club can be quite an ominous place, right? If you haven't been in a gym before, it's a really confronting space. So we want to take that barrier away, make them feel really welcome. So a big part of what we do with our personal trainers in the club is making sure that they're talking to members all the time. They're on the gym floor a lot of the time. They really get to know the members within their club so that when somebody comes in and they're perhaps nervous or not quite sure, the moment they walk through the door, there's somebody there that's going to you know, hold their hand, make them feel comfortable and let them know that we're here to support you and we're going to get you to the goals that you're here for. Okay, so I mean, you're talking about the kind of the inclusive nature of it there and you know, it's, if it is for anyone, anytime, so you're talking about the, you know, different generations. Do you find that with the, when it comes to employing trainers, you're getting trainers of different generations keen to work at any time and applying to work at any time or is it mainly younger trainers? I firmly believe the recruitment pool for personal trainers right now sits pretty strongly in that millennial pool and millennials are a really interesting generation we I think cop a lot of flack for some of the certain traits that we have but when you flip it on its head millennials actually have a, a lot of really positive traits as well so a lot of that is you know the technology era that we've been brought up in while it means we're somewhat addicted to technology we're also really savvy with technology so we know now in this day and age when the majority of the world have a mobile phone, how can we really leverage that as a personal trainer to make sure that we can coach that person better or we can give them different coaching options now because we have that technology? So millennials is a large part of the recruitment pool. The interesting thing about millennials is that they almost have a different expectation of the workplace to something like the generation of a baby boomer, right? And we do get a few baby boomers trickling through now, and that tends to be people that later in life have decided to make a change in their career path, and they almost want to perhaps do a role that they just know that they're helping people every day because they're at a time in their life that they really want to do that. So... The baby boomers have a certain expectations of a workplace. I would like to say baby boomers are generally pretty hard workers, right? They come in and do the grind because that's how they were brought up. Millennials perhaps don't have that same work ethic, but millennials are really career-driven, right? We know that it is a right to come in and enjoy the job that you do. It's not a privilege. Everybody has the right to enjoy the career that they have, and millennials are really on board with that. So I feel like they're there for the right reasons. Yes, they probably want a a little more flexibility in their workplace because that's what they're seeing a lot around the world nowadays with brands. But when brands jump on board with that flexibility, what I mean by that is probably working a little bit more autonomously, being open to perhaps flexible work hours or being able to, say, work from home. Because for personal trainers now, online coaching is a large part of what they do. So being able to have that flexibility that they're not in the bricks and mortar all the time every day allows those millennials to really flourish and grow in that role and hopefully retain them for longer because they are enjoying the environment that they're in. Interesting. So how do, with the autonomy that you mentioned there, is that with their sort of their, their own brand, their own clients, or this is with any time clients during any time hours as it were? Yeah, I think 
within Anytime Hours, being an Anytime Trainer, autonomy is still really important, right? Because each personal trainer still has their own brand, even if they're wearing Anytime shirt and they're under our roof. When you have multiple personal trainers in a club, it's really important that they do each have their own brand because that's their point of difference, right? That's how they're going to attract the certain clients that they train. And the reason that why you can have a lot of personal trainers in the club and all of them can be successful. So that autonomy, while personal trainers need to have a lot of support and a lot of accountability to ensure that their business is growing, because we as personal trainers, we love to help people and we love to train people, but we don't really like to do any of the paperwork. And tangible goals and paperwork is a really important part of business growth. So personal trainers really need a lot of support in that area. However, allowing them to really flourish in their I guess, niche area of what they're choosing to be really good at, whether that's rehab, whether that's weight loss, whether that's new people that are coming to the gym that are short on time or whatever niche they're playing in, allowing them to flourish in that and trying not to pigeonhole them too much or micromanage them. Okay, so you've got all of these these guys coming in. They've got their own brands, these trainers. But of course, you know, there's there are systems and processes in place because, you know, you're a large outfit, you have 500 plus clubs in Australia. So you've got your new recruit, you know, you've, you've done your recruitment process, you've gone, okay, these guys are great. I'm, uh, and it's, you know, week one, they turn up. What's the induction process look like at any time? Onboarding for us is really, really important, as it should be for any brand. And I don't think it matters how experienced that personal trainer is, if it is their first day in the industry or if they've been in there for 10 years. Onboarding staff is absolutely key to retention, really. So onboarding for a personal trainer with us is first and foremost just getting them on board with our brand and our culture, making sure that they get to spend time with every person in the gym that can be the club manager, perhaps an assistant club manager or some kind of sales role, understanding the member journey right from the day dot. So if somebody, if a prospect inquires about the gym, what is the journey that member goes on? What are the conversations they have? What are the points of contact? What does the gym tour look like? What does the guest profile look like? What does the joining process look like for that member? And then once they've joined, what happens after that point, right? Because we know for members, getting them to join, it's just the first step. What happens after that is really going to affect whether that member stays with you and hits the goals that they came in for or whether they leave. So getting their personal trainers on board with that whole member journey, and then after the joining process, saying to the personal trainer, look, this is a really, this is where you come into play because this is your opportunity to help these people that really need it. So what are the steps after that? How does the personal trainer make contact with them? What do those initial you know, meetings or what we would call a fitness consultation look like? We structure that fitness consultation so we can ensure that no matter what club a member is going to, they're going to have a consistent experience because that's very important for us, I guess, peace of mind that no matter the personal trainer that they go to, the member has a great experience. And then after that, the opportunity for that personal trainer to convert that person to ongoing training. And we do a lot of education and training around that Mm -hmm. and then retaining that member as a personal training client. We have a structure within the first 90 days because I think the first 90 days is key to whether you're going to keep that personal trainer or not. Mm. And we seem to be having 
I don't want to call it an issue, but something happening within the fitness industry at the moment that we're just not retaining personal trainers. We know that over 90% of personal trainers are leaving the industry within their first two years. And that to me is just a horrible stat. And luckily for any time because of our scale, we have a real opportunity to change that. So that first 90 days when they come on board is really important. Trying to educate them in all the, the business basics that they really need to get that business up and running so that they can be successful quickly. And then hopefully we can retain them past that, you know, three, six, nine, twelve month point to keep them on for longer. Interesting. So the ninety days, are you finding that the guys that are leaving within that time frame, or maybe not quite within that time frame, but within the, you know, way before they should be leaving in the industry, it's a lack of clients that's their main issue, or it's an inconsistency in clients, or it's that they struggle with the downtime between clients. You know, they may have a busy morning and a busy evening, and then a down downtime in the day. What do you find is the sort of the model that works best for trainers to to keep them past that ninety days? So there can be a lot of reasons why our personal trainers are leaving the industry quickly. I think the first one that stands out for me is there seems to be a gap between expectation and reality for some of our personal trainers when they come into the industry. So for a lot of us, we started going to the gym. We really enjoyed the gym environment. It's a second home to us. We like the vibe. We really enjoy exercise and we really understand the emotional and physical benefits of exercise. And we want to share that with everybody else. So we think, great, I want to become a personal trainer. We go and do our Cert 3, Cert 4. And now in this day and age with the amount of RTOs in the industry, there is any kind of course you can imagine, there's that, right? There's full-time, there's part-time, there's online, there's face-to-face, there's a combination of the both. So they do their Cert 3, Cert 4 in some type of format and then they start in the gym. And all of a sudden, the -the on-the-job experience perhaps is not what they had expected. Being a personal trainer is a really rewarding job, but it is tough particularly in those first couple of years because you need to do the grind, you need to do that early mornings and the late nights to build up your membership base. You need to learn that a lot of it is half training people, half listening to their life and their problems and almost being a bit of a counsellor for them, which can be emotionally draining as well. So sometimes that reality hit for some people is enough for them to think, you know what, perhaps personal training isn't for me. And that's okay You know, that happens a lot when people start a role and they think, maybe this wasn't what I expected. And that's why when we are recruiting for personal trainers, we try and set those expectations and set that reality as early as possible to say, look, you know, a large part of the role is going to be an initially long hours. A large part of the role is sales. A lot of personal trainers don't realise that. And then perhaps not getting the education that they need before they start on day dot and they realise that walking the gym floor and prospecting and trying to convert people and overcoming objections is tough. Sales is tough. And again, some people, it's just not for them. So I think that can be, you know, the number one reason why some of our personal trainers are leaving. The other is that some of them really want to be successful. Even after all of that, the reality hits, they they think, you know what, the benefits to this job, the rewards that I'm getting from this far outweigh anything else. I want to be a personal trainer, but they're just don't get business. Running a business as a personal trainer is not easy. And if you don't understand business basics and there's nobody there to teach you as much as you want it, you just can't get the business to pick up as quickly as you need. And the reality is you need to have a certain amount of clients paying a certain amount of money for you to stay afloat. 
to stay as a personal trainer. So unfortunately, a lot of them are leaving because they just can't make enough money to stay afloat and they need to go back to a more secure role where they're, they're earning enough. Okay, so I guess that kind of leads on to the ongoing support and training that Anytime would provide to trainers. As you say, the business side is where a lot of trainers fall down. They're passionate about training clients. Mm-hmm. They're not so passionate about admin and marketing mm-hmm. and sales, which is you know the exact opposite of, <laughs> of everything that they probably enjoy. Mm-hmm. So you've got your new trainer, you've, got, you've done the induction, you've got them kind of immersed in the company culture. Now they need to be getting those clients, as you say, to stay afloat. So yeah, what, what does sort of ongoing support look like in terms of any time? So the initial training stages are that they're really based around business basics. So that may be, think about what you want to structure your sessions to look like. Are they 60 minutes? Are they 45 minutes? Are they 30 minutes? And what are you going to charge? That sounds super basic, but a lot of personal trainers don't know. And they'll change it on the spot when they're selling to someone. Somebody says they don't want to pay 100. They're like, okay, now the price is 80. So making sure they're setting those prices and they're sticking with them, right? And then how are they billing their clients? What billing software are they using? How are they booking them in? Do they have a booking system? If not, it's really important that they get that. Do they have what we call a CRM system, how they're communicating with their clients, how they're able to email and receive emails, et cetera, et cetera. So getting those business basics right first and then doing education around, particularly in sales. So that's going to be, you know, the initial conversations, how to prospect, but then the later conversations, how to overcome objections and how to ask for the sale at the end. We also do training around what we call tracking metrics. So that is there's a lot of key metrics for personal trainers to track. And as we said, they hate admin, but this is really, really key because if they aren't converting enough clients, if they don't know where they're falling down to get to that conversion, they can't educate themselves in the right area. For example, if I am talking to a lot of people in the gym for if I'm booking a lot of comp sessions, but I'm not converting anyone at the end, if I don't track that, I don't know what to fix. However, if I know that I'm booking a lot of comp sessions, however... I am not getting a large show ratio, so that's not a lot of people are turning up to my sessions, then I know that there's a gap either between the initial conversation that I'm having with them to book them in, or am I not doing a confirmation call the day before to make sure they're coming? So now I know where I can base a little bit of that education. So tracking how many comp sessions they're booking in, how many people they're confirming, how many are showing, and then how many of those are closing. That close ratio is really important because if your close ratio is down, you know that a lot of your education needs to be around overcoming objections and asking for the sale. So tracking those metrics is really key. And then that way, if they know how busy they want to be, so they've set a goal that perhaps in six or eight weeks I want to be on 25 sessions, they can start to really track those numbers and make sure that they're week by week hitting the weekly goals that they've set them for themselves because if they get to that eight weeks and they have those 25 sessions, they're making enough to stay as a personal trainer. So those early education days are really about those what we call business basics but really, really vital to the life of their business. After that point where they've kind of got that, they're savvy enough in their business that it's grown to the point where they can support themselves Then we change the education mindset to more of what personal trainers really want to learn about, and that's the practical elements. Do they go out on courses on kettlebells or deadlifts or a little bit more of that practical element? Because the more of those courses they do, the the more they're going to understand, you know, what style of client do they enjoy training, what style of client do they not enjoy training, and they start to really find their niche. 
So a lot of that ongoing education we put back on the personal trainer to the onus is on them to make sure that they're getting that education. And that's why I love Fitness Australia having first CECs because it holds them accountable to doing the training courses, but two, on the website, being able to see every single training course that basically exists in the world so they can start to pick and choose what they want to go to, when the course is on, where it is, et cetera, et cetera. And I think putting that on is back on the personal trainers is important because they need a little bit of that responsibility to make sure that they're growing their own business, right? You can't spoon feed them forever. You can't spoon feed them forever, of course. But is there, do you guys sort of have a program of, of prompting or reminding trainers to, to keep up with their education or informing them of events like, oh, Phylex is coming up. Is anyone, you know, you, you might want to think about coming to Phylex. You know, it's a great way to, you know, to experience new training modalities and learn new skills. Or, you know, this great course is, or this presenter is coming to town from the US. You might want to do this. Is there sort of a program of education about education as such? Yes, so we have an internal platform that we use to communicate with our personal trainer network within any time. And it's a really cool part of the role for me because when I get to engage directly with our personal training network, that's what I really love to do, right? That's why I'm in this role. I can speak directly to them, they can speak directly to me. And on that platform, we let them know things like Filex, this is coming up, these are the benefits of it, this is why you should be there, and we can communicate that way. We also have a lot of relationships within the industry of what I would call field experts. So a really cool part of my role is I get to go around year-round and watch presenters that are experts in their field, and we see if they we think they could be a great fit for any time. If that's the case, we build a relationship where can then communicate with our personal trainers that their courses are on at certain times and we can promote our personal trainers going to their courses because we know that they're, we believe that they're the best in the industry and we really think our trainers will benefit from going to those. We've been really fortunate as well with a lot of these field experts that they're really keen to help out our personal trainers. So sometimes we'll put, you know, a day course together where our personal trainers are able to come and just experience that and see a few different speakers. Because I think for personal trainers, once they're up and running and they are successful, as I said before, they love the job because they're helping people. It's really rewarding, but it is tough. And sometimes it can be a little bit of groundhog day for personal trainers. So making sure they're getting out, doing a course from time to time, it really refreshes, it invigorates them again. It reminds them why they do the job that they do. And it really helps to retain them for longer. So encouraging and holding our trainers accountable to going to educational courses is really important for us. Okay, so you've you've got these trainers, they've got on board with the culture, they've built up a good business for themselves, doing the ongoing training, and you know, a couple of years down the track, they're with you guys. They're really good trainers and they're helping retain membership for any time. How do you go about retaining the good staff, the good PTs? That's a great question, right? Because I spoke before about the stat that we're not retaining a lot of personal trainers within the industry. So a great problem to have is instead of having the conversation of why can't I keep a personal trainer over six months, I'm having the conversation, my personal trainer's been here for five years, they seem a little bored, what can I do? And I love having that conversation, right? So for personal trainers, there's quite a few different options. And for them, when they get to, you know, perhaps three to five years within a role and they're looking for maybe not not what's next, but how do they grow? Because we as human beings, we're always looking for growth, right? That's why we thrive so much off responsibility and ownership. And personal trainers want that as well. One great progression for a personal trainer is 
personal trainer management. So this is a role that I did with Fitness First and a role that I really, really enjoyed and learned a lot from. And this is for the personal trainers that you can see perhaps have been in the game five to 10 years, they've enjoyed their time, but perhaps their time as a full-time personal trainer has come to an end. It's just not something they're interested in doing ongoing full-time but they really want to keep their finger on the pulse and they also have a lot of experience and education to give to our newer personal trainers coming in. So if your brand supports a personal training manager role, it's a really great opportunity for personal trainer progression and I would only ever fill that role with experienced personal trainers. So that can be a great opportunity. Other than that, another great opportunity is what we would call a mentorship. So for some personal trainers, they absolutely love personal training. They'll be a personal trainer the day I die. They love programming. They do it, you know, they take up their entire weekend programming and that's a great weekend for them. These personal trainers still want growth, but they want to stay in the game. So mentoring, getting a newer personal trainer on board with them and giving the responsibility to that experienced personal trainer to grow and educate that new personal trainer instead of perhaps you as the business owner operator or somebody else doing it that finds a nice balance where this person can still be a personal trainer. They're probably earning pretty good money as a full-time personal trainer, but this re-engages their brain and gives them a little bit of ownership to say, this new personal trainer, you know, they're reliant on you to educate them and their success is going to be your success. Okay. So, and is there much of a, a trend of PTs that have been working anytime for a while then becoming franchisees of their own club? Yeah, that's a big one for us. We have a great opportunity as a franchise that when a personal trainer has been in the game for a long time, they're looking for a next step, that we can offer them coming in as a franchisee or purchasing a club or purchasing an existing anytime club. The It's an interesting shift, right, because you go from probably running your own business and having your own client base to stepping into the realm where a gym is not just training people, right? There's a whole operational side behind it with, mm. you know, memberships and everything else that comes with Man- that. Managing, managing staff yeah. and yeah. managing the cleaners yeah. and the security and the, everything that comes with running a business. Now, as we've already discussed, that's not the forte for a lot of PTs. So, I mean, mm. but maybe, I guess, after a few years of building up their own successful business within NNE time, then they've, they've mm. learnt a lot of those skills. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, things like reading P&Ls is certainly not our jam, but an important part of owning business. Mm -hmm. So being able to offer that opportunity where they can, one, stay in the industry that they love, they can run a club that they're still helping a lot of people. You know, our average membership base is around 1,100 members. So knowing that they now own a facility that is helping 1,100 people rather than probably the 40 to 50 clients they were able to have in their own personal training business is a really logical step for a personal trainer that's passionate about staying in the game, but they want growth both for a personal side but also for a revenue side as well. Interesting. How many franchisees do you have for the of the, the clubs? Because I know a lot of a lot of franchises after they've or franchisees after they've taken one franchise and they'll you know this is great. I'm going to get another and another. Yeah. So we have around about 260 franchisees for 503 clubs. So as you said, a lot of our franchisees just have the one club, but some of our franchisees have 14 clubs. Mm-hmm. A lot of growth potential then. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And interesting dealing with four hundred sorry, two hundred and sixty very different franchisees on a daily basis. <laughs> well good luck with that. <laughs> 
Okay, do you have any more advice for any club or other fitness business operators who are looking to grow their team of PTs? Yeah, there's a couple of things that you want to look at if you're looking to grow your personal training base. One is that it is important to look at your membership size as well because you want to ensure that every personal trainer that you bring on board has the best chance of success in your business. So I would say on average you want to probably have one personal trainer per maybe two or 300 members in your club. So if you're looking at perhaps a thousand member club, I wouldn't go over probably four or five personal trainers to be able to give them the best chance of business success. The other is that I have a lot of conversations with people employed personal trainers versus contracted or franchised personal trainers. And that is a really great conversation. It's a long one, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. But what I will say is it really doesn't matter what structure you bring them on in if you're not a great leader or you don't have a great growth opportunity and support opportunity for them in your club. So before you ask that question, look at your club. Are you an employer of choice for personal trainers? If not, why not? What do you need to change? You know, what is the environment like? What is the team like? What is your leadership style like? Making sure you're getting those things right first and then start to look at what type of personal trainers you need in your club go out fishing for those personal trainers, slow the recruitment process down. Don't do it too quickly. I know people are really keen just to get them in and get them going. But if you take the time to get the right cultural fit with your personal trainers rather than just skill set, that's how you're going to ensure they stay for longer. And we all know retaining personal trainers is a lot less expensive and a lot less energy than constantly recruiting for personal trainers. So take the time to find them and then give them your time and your energy to make sure that you retain them. Great advice, Kate. As, as you would equally apply to members, you know, it's better to retain than, than to spend money yeah. getting new ones. Thank you, Kate. If listeners want to find out anything more, where should they go? That is a great question. <laughs> if listeners want to find out more about, you know, recruiting personal trainers, there's a couple of, I guess, key people that you want to look at. Fitness Australia website is a really good one. We deal a lot with HRA, which is... I guess, experts in terms of employing. If you've got questions around employing personal trainers versus contractors, HRA are awesome for letting you know the differences between the two and making sure you're not blurring the line between the two because that is what I see a lot of people having contractors. And when you look at it, it's actually a personal trainer and that scares me. And I don't want our you know, gym owners, operators to have that risk. So making sure that you're asking the right questions. Thank you. That's really helpful. Thanks again for talking to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Thank you for having me. To grow the success of your fitness business, learn from the industry experts in Network's online business skills courses accredited for CECs and other continuing education points. Go to the Network website, select the Courses tab and click on Business. Network members save up to 30% on courses, so head to fitnessnetwork.com.au today to grow your skill set and fitness career. And for an amazing weekend of face-to-face learning, be sure to register for Phylex, the main event on the fitness industry calendar at filex.com.au